For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Amen. Open your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 7 as we begin today as we're going through the book of Corinthians here at Corinth. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth and he's answering questions. He's straightening out problems, and he's pointing the church in the right direction. He's also been defending uh, his faith and his beliefs, and he's also been pointing the church in the right direction. Amen? And so those principles still apply to us today. It will never change. Amen? The Word of God never changes. The Bible even says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall endure forever. So look with me now in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 7. The Bible says, Do ye look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. So that first sentence is, is the first sentence there in that verse is the question: Do you look at things according to the outward appearance? But he may have been answer, asking that question and making a statement. Do you ever ask the question you already know it's true? Uh, you ever ask somebody uh, something that you know is true, but you ask them a question uh, just to make them think? Maybe that's what Paul was doing here, because he did say, "Do you look th- on things after the outward appearance?" So that he may have been making a statement with that question. You're only lurk, looking on the surface of things. You're not looking at what God really cares about, in other words. God's not worried about at what man worries about. A nice shirt and tie, uh, look aesthetically pleasing, uh, good looking, muscular, all those things. Prestigious position. God's not looking for any of those. God's looking at your heart. That's what God cares about so he's asking him do you look on the things after the outward appearance if we take this as a statement it means that the corinthians were prone to judge a man by whether or not he had a commanding presence an impressive you know eloquence or great power about him Uh, he, he made a great statement with his presence in other words that's how men today will judge other men. Do they make a, a statement with their presence? Are they well-spoken? Are they very confident? But I'm here to tell you, God doesn't think any of the, any things of those things are important. I, other men do. People do. 
but God doesn't. And that's what Paul's asking. Are you just looking on the outward appearance? You see, there they were swayed by external appearance rather than by the inward godliness because that's what God cares about. And let me tell you, Christian, we can get caught up in that too. You can easily look at a man and say, boy, they're, they're well-spoken, they're charismatic, they're easy to get along with, they're always in a good mood. Man, it, but God says, don't, don't judge a man by that. Don't look at just the outward appearance. Look at the inward godliness of their heart. And so whoever the exclusive Christians here were, Paul does not deny they belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. So in this passage, he can hardly be referring to the false apostles as there was many of them and deceitful workers who had transformed themselves into the apostles of Christ. And you can read uh, chapter 11 and verse number 14, and it tells you that. And it says, And no marvel, Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Satan's disguise, Satan the great deceiver. Satan can, and he often does, disguise himself as an angel of light. He is a deceiver. Notice that the devil is, I want you to know the devil's a real person. He's not just some evil force. When When the devil went to Jesus to tempt him, the devil's a real person. He's not just some evil uh, being, evil force. No, he, he is a real person, a real somebody. And he wants to destroy you. He wants to deceive you. Just as, listen to me, this is so important. Just as God has called a man to preach and proclaim the truth of the word of God, the devil will use people to deceive others. In other words, to be an angel of light. They look good. They sound the part. They're close, so close to being right. You can't hardly tell that it's wrong, but there's something not right about it. They're not preaching the second birth. They're not preaching repentance. They're not preaching what the Bible says, that ye must be born again. They won't tell people that they're sinners. They won't tell people that they need forgiveness. All they ever do is try to lift people up. And I'm here to tell you, careful with that. That's a great deceiver because the Bible says, for all have sinned. Who? The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's every person that's ever been born except for the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that came and fulfilled the law. Amen. So it seems that in this letter, Paul is dealing with different adversaries. Some saved and some were not saved, just like in the church today. You can go to any church and there's going to be a certain amount of unsaved people. And they'll probably be the members of the church. They might be the deacon. They might be the man waiting at the door. They might be the one that takes up the offering. You just don't know. And they're doing the best that they can. They look good on Sunday. They tote a Bible. They may have a nice shirt and tie on, maybe a suit and jacket. I don't know. But if their heart's never been born again, if they've never repented of their sins and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, they've not been born again, then they are merely trying to work their way to heaven. And you can't do it. There's not one thing you can do to work your way to heaven because salvation is a free gift. You cannot earn it. It can only be given. It can only be accepted. 
And see, they've got to realize they're a sinner in need of a Savior. And their, their church membership is not going to take them to heaven. Their baptism is not going to take them to heaven. Their name and where they sit in their position is not going to take them to heaven. But the fact that you have been born again, that you've repented of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that is what getting a person's name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that is what will get a person into heaven. So moving on to our next verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 8. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord hath given us for edification and not for destruction i should not be ashamed there's something we got to really point out in this verse here we're going to look at it so as an apostle of lord jesus christ paul had been given listen to me given authority in connection with the churches that he established and his aim that aim of the authority was to build up the saints and their faith in the lord jesus Christ. Now, hold on. The false teachers, on the other hand, were exercising an authority over and among the Corinthians and the churches which they never had received from the Lord. Can a man get up in front of a congregation and preach a message that is not You've been given authority by God. He sure can in and of himself. That Now, it'll have no power behind it. The Holy Spirit won't be in it. But can he get up and do? Can he get up and do that? Absolutely, he can. Paul says here. Listen to what Paul says. He said, "For I, though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, our authority which the Lord hath given us for edification. Where does the authority and the power come from that was in that person? God has given Paul that power and that authority." For what? For the edification of the church, not for the destruction. Because I'm here to tell you, if you've got a prosperity preacher for a pastor, you need to get out of there. He is not preaching biblical message. And that in and of itself is destruction for a church. Because listen, there's a lot of hard times in life. We all need to be lifted up. Maybe he ought to step down as a pastor and go be an inspirational speaker. Maybe he's great at that. But he hasn't been called by God Almighty and given the authority of God over the church to preach and proclaim the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is talking about here. He says, I have been given the authority by the Lord for the edification of the church, not for the destruction of it. Not only so, but they were exercising this authority in a manner these false prophets were to tear down the saints, to tear down the church rather than to build it up. And I'm here to tell you, you'll see that a lot today. When you start seeing a church that looks so much like the world that you can't hardly tell them apart, they are tearing down. They are, that is the destruction of the church. God didn't call us to look like the world. God didn't call us to look like a rock concert. God didn't call us to do those crazy things. No, God called us. God gave a preacher, a pastor, authority to stand up and proclaim the truth of God's word. And you may not like it. It may not feel good. I'm here to tell you, when you go to a doctor and he tells you, you know, you need to stop eating this and you need to stop drinking that and you need to start drinking water and you need to start eating more vegetables. Does that feel good? 
No, it doesn't feel good, but it's good for you. If you go to a nutritionist, they're going to get all over you about what you're eating or if you're eating fast food. If you hire a trainer, he's not going to lay, let you lay there and do nothing. No, he's going to push you to make yourself strong. And that's what a good preacher, that's what a good pastor will do. You're not going to like a lot of what they have to say, but is it for your own good, for your own benefit, for your own health, and for your own strength, for the edification of the church? Absolutely it is. It may not be what feels good, but it's what's good for you. And it's good for me because it's, it's, I'm the same way you go, oh man, that don't feel good. Ah, that's like sandpaper on my heart. I don't like that. But I know when it comes from God's word that it's good for me and in my life. And so Paul says that even if he boasted more abundantly in the authority which the Lord had gave him, he would not be put to shame for it. They may make fun of him. They may talk bad about him. But you know what? God's not going to be ashamed of him. What they think doesn't matter. And I've often said that. I don't care what they think. I'm living for him. I'm not living for them. Amen? We should adopt that attitude. So Paul here claims, his claims are proven, are proven, listen to me, are proven to be true. Just like he said, I have the authority that God, that the Lord Jesus Christ has given me for the edification of the church and not for the destruction of it. And like I said, if you start hearing a preacher that sounds more like the world, if you start seeing a church that looks more like the world than a church should, get out of there and find a new church. Find a church that will stand up and proclaims God's word. Say, open God's word, open the Bible of such and such and passage. Amen. Somebody that will stand up and thunder the truths of God's word because it's what you need. It's what will help you. It's what will change your life. It's what will make you better. Amen. Look with me now in verse number nine, Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number nine. That I may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters. Isn't that an interesting verse? He said, as if I would terrify you by letters. He has said this in order that he might not seem to terrify the Christians by his letter. He didn't want to terrify him. He didn't want to scare him. In other words, if the possible, if the apostle should boast of his God-given authority, he does not want the Christians to think that he's trying to scare him. I'm not trying to scare you. I may have God-given authority, but I'm not trying to terrify you. No, he's trying to lift them up. He's trying to edify them. And here the, the Corinthians should remember that his authority was given to him for building them up. And that he is and how and that's how I used it. Just as any good preacher, any good pastor, any good evangelist, that is what they're going to do. They're going to use their God-given authority for the edification of you and of the church and to lift you up. And did you said, and preacher, did you say evangelist in there? I sure did. I sure did. Because when an evangelist gets up and preach, it's for the edification of your heart to point you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It is for your betterment that you get born again, that you get saved. Verse number 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 10. For his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. 
So here we're permitted to listen to the very charge which was made against the Apostle Paul. As many, they, many did charge him with many things, and he went through a lot of trouble and a lot of hurt and a lot of heartaches. And his opponents to charge him with writing threatening letters. But they said his but they said this, his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. But listen to me, his spirit was strong. And that's what matters. That's what'll change things. That's what'll change lives. That's what'll give you the power of influence over people that they'll want to change more to be more, not not more like you, but more like the Lord Jesus Christ. That's real influence. That's godly influence. And so here this verse says, his letters are weighty and they are powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. You know, there is something that is almost unexplainable, but the Bible says it. When I am weak, then is he strong. When I am weak and feeble and my weakness shows and somehow, some way through those cracks, I've always thought of it like this. If you took a hundred watt light bulb and you put it inside a black vase and you put the lid on it, you couldn't see any light. You couldn't tell what was in there. But oh, if you were to take a hammer and start cracking that thing and maybe you can put a couple holes in it and crack it real good that light would really start to shine through and you would see how bright and how powerful that light really is that's on the inside of that vase. And let me tell you, Christian, you're just like that. The more you get cracked, the more holes that are put on you, the more somebody takes a hammer to you. For whatever reason, the more that light of the Lord Jesus Christ can shine through you so that others may see what lives within you. It's the light and the life of Christ. Amen. It's not you. See, his bodily presence was weak and his speech was contemptible, but he was strong in the Lord. The Lord was shining through his life. Now, man, what was man doing? Let's just listen to that verse. Man was looking on the bodily presence. His bodily presence is weak, they said. Maybe they were expecting some great six-foot-six scholar. Uh, was well-dressed, well-educated, well-spoken. And somebody that was very handsome, very built, had good stature, small waist, wide shoulders. But the, here they saw Paul. His bodily presence is weak and his speech is contemptible. I tell you, God loves to take people that others would throw away and use them to do great and mighty things. And you say, well, I don't have nothing. I'm nobody. I came from nowhere. I don't have any money. I don't have any connections. I didn't come from a prestigious family. I don't have no background. I don't have money in the bank. I don't have resources. I'm here to tell you that you're the exact person the Lord Jesus Christ is looking for. He wants to use you. God loves to take those that others would throw away and do great and mighty and powerful things in and through them. Because you know there's no way that person could do that in and of their self. That power came from an outside source. D.L. Moody's one of them. I believe he left home at like 17, became a shoe salesman, and could have made pretty decent living at it. Probably could have lived pretty good. Probably could have kept going. But he said, no, I'm going to go on. I'm going to serve the Lord. And he quit a job making good money to, to make $300 a year. But I tell you what, 
His testimony still rings on. And there's something that, that, listen to me, there is something that the grave can't take and can't bury, and that's a man's testimony. They may bury the body and walk away, but his testimony will live on. You remember that. The next time things get hard, the next time you just want to throw your hands up and run away, you remember that that is what they're going to remember about you is your testimony. After they put your body in the ground, they're going to remember what kind of man, what kind of woman you were. Were you a godly person? Were you a godly man? Were you a godly woman? Did you put your faith and trust in everything in your life in God's hands? Because people can see that. Look with me now, verse number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Let such a one think this, that such as we are in word by letters, when we are absent, such will we be also indeed when we are present. Those who made the charges should consider. When they charged Paul, they should consider that when Paul was going to be present with them, he would be the same as they said he was in his letters. Can people say that about you? Can people say, I know, I may have not seen them in a year, but I know they're going to be the same. They're going to be that same strong Christian. I haven't seen them in a long time, but I know that's who they are. That's what they stand for. And they do not change. They do not waver. That's what this verse is saying about Paul. This does not mean that Paul admitted to being overbearing in his letters. Doesn't Like he said, he didn't want to be a terror to them. And, and we shouldn't, none of us should want to be a terror to anybody. But he is saying that he would deal severely with them when he met them face to face. That's what he's telling them. I'm going to have to deal with it. Uh, there would be no cowardice in him. He wasn't going to run from the problem. He was going to face them head on. Let such a one think this, that such as we are in word by letters, just as I'm telling you in this letter, in other words, that's exactly how I'm going to be when I get there. I'm going to confront you. I'm going to talk to you about it. I'm going to call you out. We're going to get to the truth and to the bottom of this. And verse number 12 is so good. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise so it is obvious that the false teachers were in the habit of comparing themselves with others you know in other words lifting themselves up and they would hold up paul before the gaze of the corinthians and just to try to make a laughing stock out of him they considered themselves to be the, the inner circle the superior beings they were the elite ones in other words according to them no, nobody had favorable light only we only we should get all of your attention but i can tell you this when you start doing what they did Bold as they accuse Paul to be in his letters, here he says he is not bold enough to number himself with those who commend themselves or with those whose only standard of measuring themselves is by their own life. Well, you'll always come out good if you measure yourself by your own life. So it should be obvious that if a person's only standard is himself or herself, then you don't have to worry because you're always going to be right. Even when you're wrong, you're going to believe you're going to be right. So there's no room for improvement, in other words. Those who do this, the Bible says, are not wise. 
Don't compare yourself to brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. No, you want to compare yourself to something? Compare yourself to the Word of God, and it will show you all the changes that you need to make in your life. And it starts with salvation. If you're not saved, the Bible says repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.